Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host, Paul Arnold, joined by Ernest Watts, as usual. We're your typical suspects. Um, what other names could we be given to us, or should be given to us, Ernest? Waldorf and Statler, the two Muppet guys. The old it's man, the grumpy old man. Oscar and Felix. I, I forgot the... And How the about a reference is, in the last 20 years? Come on. The last 20 years? <laughs> well, I was going to say, uh, the grumpy old men actually were the original odd couple. Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. Yeah, that's uh, like 40 years ago, man. Yes, okay, two grumpy old men from the last 10 years. Mm. Most, most things are geared towards younger people. I'm trying to think. Bill Belichick and Aaron Rodgers, no? Uh, no, Belichick, yeah, and, and uh, 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 Spurs coach. Oh, Popovich. We're like yeah. Popovich and Belichick? Belichick, wow. yeah, yeah. I got to be Popovich. Well, wouldn't you rather be like we're uh, uh, your buddy Pat Carroll, P- Pete Carroll? No, well, Pete was a comedian, but Roy, Pete Carroll, Roy Williams, though. Roy's pretty happy. I know. Don't you want to be happy at this stage in your life? Yeah, well, Roy was always happy. I mean, he had that sunny outlook all the time. Every once in a while, he'd slip up and drop an F bomb. <laughs> but Jay Wright seems to be happy these days. Yeah, he's cashing in. I think it was a smart move. Yeah, I'm not so sure that'll be the end of him. Seven Sixers have been trying to go after him for years. And if Doc doesn't get the Sixers to at least the Eastern Finals, they'll be knocking at his door. He's one of the long shots for the Hornets looking for a new coach. And I'm afraid the Hornets are going to wind up with uh, the Lakers' old coach. Really? Vobo or whatever his name is? Uh, uh, oh my, I blanked out. It used to be in Orlando. What is his name? I could use the wire real way and then cheat, but I think that's they got to get a defensive coach. That's what they're looking for. And the Lakers that's, haven't named a new coach yet, have they? No, they're waiting for Kay to come down. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, the, the rumor they've been trying to, they're going after Tyrone Lou and Again? they're going after Jason Kidd. And you know, Steve Nash wouldn't be. I mean, Steve Nash is going to be available. Oh, you think he's done from the Nets? Oh, yeah. Someone's got to listen. You've got a team that was picked number one at the beginning of the year. You're paying for three salaries of three superstars, one who hasn't played all year long. Uh, they can't fire KD and they can't fire Kyrie. And they, I don't know what you're going to do with Ben Simmons. Uh, I, this is beyond, I mean, I don't understand. I watched in the last game, he stood the entire game like Glenn Close in The Natural. Boy, <laughs> sorry. That was a long reference, wasn't it? Wow. Sorry. Went Very long way but that's up. okay. Our prime demographic is older, wise sports fans like us, right? Right, right. And her standing in The Natural is an ode to the Lady of the Lake and King Arthur, but. Sorry, backwards movie trivia. But, I mean, is Ben Simmons ever going to play basketball again? I mean, they keep claiming the mental health issue, but I I mean, what else are you going to do with the Nets? You, you can't fire the players. You're calorie-strapped. They're probably going to lose Claxton, who's only legitimate center. I mean, they look like a washed-up team. So will KD Alder, try to Alder, force his way out of there, too? I don't know. I, it depends on his ego. If he thinks he can make it, I mean, pretty much him and Kyrie are running that whole operation. And well, it's, it's LeBron's fa- running LA, so hello. yeah, that's working out. It's fascinating. The last two games I've watched that series. Speaking of LeBron, KD looked like. Remember when LeBron would get mad and just refuse to begin get engaged in the game. He's just taking obligatory few shots, but he just wasn't engaged in the offense. That's what KD looks like. He's just, you know, not he's disengaged from the whole offense. For him to have less than, than seven shots at halftime, and that's the big dollar man, there's, there's something wrong there. And that's why I'm afraid Steve Nash is going to pay the price. They're not going to fire the GM. 
they're they're going to force Nash out, and I can see him go to L.A. Uh, that's you know I I think he's a decent coach. Yeah, we haven't been able to see because he hasn't had his whole team for the last two years. Yeah, he's but co- don't think most people are sort of like good riddance for the Nets. I mean, they tried to form their super team, and KD was so full of ego that he had to prove he could win without Golden State. But the truth is, without Golden State, he wouldn't have won any championship. How about Kyrie, who had to prove he could win a championship without LeBron? And neither one of them have proven anything. So the, and they had Harden, and they made Harden so uncomfortable that he begged. He just quit playing so he'd get traded. Biggest and ego got, in every major sport. Oh, Nemo. wow. Wow. Biggest ego. So in basketball, we just talked Watch about... Watch it easy, Kyrie. You think Kyrie's I, bit more bigger ego than LeBron? He expected the city of New York to change his vaccine <laughs> policy just for him. And the world is flat, too. Yes, and the world is flat. I'm just going to say, he, he, he actually organized a group of people to protest. He walked out on his team because he wouldn't take a vaccine. They finished in eighth position. And had to participate in a play-in game. And now we're going to get, if they don't get swept, they're going to certainly be beat by, by Boston. So, yeah, the basketball, Kyrie. Next sport. Football, NFL. Are you going to say Brady? No, there's some wide receiver I'm missing somewhere. <laughs> Antonio uh, our Brown. Defensive back, our defensive back. Yeah, Antonio Brown. There you go. Antonio Brown. Anybody who expects the system to bend to their will. I think is egotistical. Major League Baseball. Well, A Rod's not playing anymore, so I can't <laughs> throw him under the bridge. Mm. Uh, Kuna? No, I was going to say Cole, but. Uh, Tatis? No, nah, it's just, you know, Acuna and Tatis, that's just youthful exuberance. How about Bauer, just, the name that shall not be named? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Bauer. I would, right. I would think that. And the hardest, ho- ho- hockey, hockey they're, they're all great all guys. Humble. There's no big egos uh, in Marshawn, hockey. Marshawn, Boston. Marshawn. Oh, he's a jerk. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Marshawn, that's, that's who you got to go with. Wow. Okay, that wasn't too hard. No, that's easy to pick up. You talk about greatest players of all time and everything. And speaking of great players, then we can shift back the subject. Uh, a little bit of history in your neighborhood. Biggie. Oh, I know. It was great. Yeah, quick I've, quiz. You probably know this. Who are the other two players who have 500 home runs, 3,000 hits, and a 300 average? There's Eddie, only three of them. Eddie Murray? Nope. He has an under 300 average. Uh, A-Rod? You, under 300 average. This should be Hank easy. Aaron. Take all time. That's got one of them. Oh. The other one should be pretty easy, too. Uh, Mickey Mantle? No, Mantle's average was below that. you got to remember the last five years... He batted 250, I think. His his average went down when you know after the when the Yankees collapsed after 64. His his dreadful average. I How mean, about Pujols? No, not Pujols. Gosh, I'm running dry here. I named a bunch of. Oh, here. I'm gonna name him, and you're gonna say, "Of course." Say hey. Oh, Willie Mays. Willie Mays. I mean, that's the the 500 home runs, 3,000 hits is truly remarkable. But the 300 average kind of tops it off. And, you know, there's a time when I was talking about one of the great right-hand hitters, and, of course, Aaron, to me, was the best. But uh, 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 Manny Ramirez, and I saw him play as a minor leaguer, was just a great pure hitter. Unfortunately, he... Yeah, he used illegal substances. Got to be Manny. Yeah, he used illegal substances, and you you got to put Miggy in that category. I think the thing that hurts people's perception of Miguel Cabrera is the fact that he uh, really didn't stay in shape. He didn't stay in shape, and then when the World Series came along, he just didn't pull off any clutch hits that I can remember, and. And, oh, he uh, hit a home run off Clemens. Yeah, but... The, the story is when they won that World Series, which was... 
No, the, I'm talking for the Tigers now. Not talking about. Oh, the I'm Marlins. talking about what is the Marlins. No, okay. no, 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 no. I'm talking. Yeah, so you know, and he he's hung on the last couple of years too. He's been a shell of his former self. That hasn't helped. But who, who else is going to be the next 500, 3,000 hit? I know one name I'm thinking about has the best chance. Who do you think that? Can I be? can I tell you a quick Miggy story before that? Miguel Cabrera's when he was with the uh, Marlins. And, and he does no preparation whatsoever. He does no study of other pitchers. He just basically gets up there and hits the ball. And he had a home run in the World Series uh, off of, and he was a rookie that year, uh, Roger Clemens. And he came back to the dugout, and the guys were going, man, you, you hit it off a Hall of Famer. And allegedly, Cabrera says, I don't even know who it is pitching. I never knew who was pitching against me. I just see the ball hit the ball. He didn't know who Roger Clemens was. Mm. And pretty much that's that stayed on. And that was would you say that trade was disastrous for the Marlins or for the Tigers? Oh you, no. Hard to say Tigers. It was good for the Tigers, even though Duntra Willis was a bust. I mean, Cabrera yeah. I mean, how many times are you gonna have a guy who was four time batting champ? Um a triple they crown. May- I mean, yeah, Mayburn, Mayburn was like the only player that was a regular that went to the Marlins. No, that was Cameron a, Mayburn. That was great. Uh, Dombrowski pulled off a great trade, and Illich was willing to spend. But uh, I really loved you, it that um, Matthew Stafford came back for that game and, and showed up. So that was sort of cool. Even though it's sort of sad that Detroit celebrates their players that had better careers somewhere else. You know, like, you know, Cabrera won a World Series with the Marlins, and Stafford won with the Rams. Isaiah didn't go anywhere. Barry Simmons, Barry Sanders didn't Do go anywhere. Do you ever hear us claiming Isaiah Thomas anymore? He's a little he got cuckoo. You. Champion. Okay, of those great Pistons team, yeah. I guess Dumars. Dumars is the, the player that yeah, you embrace. That we like, yep. Not, uh, not Aguirre, but Dumars. Yeah, Lambeer. Nobody likes Lambeer, even though he was. I know, but the fact that he coached in the WBA and gets no offers to coach is, is to an extent, people just don't don't forget. I think Isaiah, to a certain extent, people just don't forget. I think a lot of Isaiah's greatness as a player has been overshadowed by the 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 sexual accusations when he was head of the Knicks. How he destroyed the CBA and how he pretty much destroyed the Knicks. I think you have to, you have to kind of separate. It's the Pete Rose syndrome when you have to separate the after career from the greatness of when they were playing. Could I call that the Pete Rose syndrome or should I call that the OJ syndrome? I don't know. Move on from those guys. All right. Which current player has the best chance to do 500, 3000? Oh, wow. And, And home runs are becoming a little bit more, Certain now, uh, you know, it's, it's like Andrew Jones looked at it one time. It's so early in the career, it's hard to tell. But uh, Guerrero Toronto has a great chance, even though he's young. Trout has to stay healthy. Yeah, that's who I picked. He, you know, Trout already has like 1,700 hits. He's already over 280 home runs. I mean, he has the best chance if he stays healthy and if he plays 20 years. But how many players are going to play 20 years anymore? And Cabrera, one of the things that they loved about him in the locker room is he played even though when he was hurt. He always went out and tried. And he had a lot of other off-the-field uh, issues back in Venezuela and in Detroit that distracted him. But as just a fun-loving teammate, he was one of the best. And when the team uh, had to rebuild... He wasn't one of those who screamed, trade me somewhere else. Now, I don't know if anybody else would have picked up that contract. And, you know, I, I don't begrudge a guy getting a big contract. You can only take the contract they offer to you. Yeah, if we were offered it, we would not. Oh, have yeah, in a heartbeat. You, yeah. You're not going to hear me complain about contracts. Even in arbitration, arbitration is based on previous contracts. I mean, that's this. That's basically it. You get off from that money. And I'm not going to sit there and a guy makes error and go, well, he's making $17 million a year. That's not the point. You know, you expect him to give out his best. And I think Miggy tried his best. I just think, wish my only complaint was, you know, and I 
people can complain this about me also is I wish she made a better effort to stay in shape. But Triple Crown, I mean, uh, the last Triple Crown before that was... Kari Yashvimsky, the Red Sox, 67. Yeah. 69, one of the two. 67, the impossible year, the Red Sox. And I really thought, you know, there's certain things you'll never think you'll see in your lifetime. Uh, 30-game winner. I never thought I'd see 60 home runs, but we've seen that several times. Uh, 400 hitter or 300 wins. I mean, that's... it's And one of those was a triple crown. I didn't think we'd ever see it. And I don't think... The, the issue was he got MVP for that year, but I don't really think he was the MVP. But I... I I don't know if we're going to see another 3,000 hits. I think the odds are you're more likely to see 500 home runs than you will 3,000 hits. Yeah. Again, because, the, yeah, the game is, you know, swing hit a home run or strike out. Now, there are fewer home runs being hit so far per game this year. And that, I think that tends to be part of the shortened spring training. I think by the time we get summer and the air gets a little bit Warmer, you're gonna go you uh, back on the second. So, page. you haven't listened to the Boys of Summer podcast we recorded last night. Shameless plug here. But the one theory is they're using humidors like you'd use for cigars, but they're using uh-huh. them for baseballs this year. And they're claiming could that be affecting the lack of home runs? But I thought even more interesting was Kyle Schwarber last night just going off on of Martinez, the umpire. And the local announcer says, folks, it's just a matter of time. We will have robot umpires. Well, yeah. you've got it in double A. I think that's that's a point. I don't think that's going to make people happy. It's it's but but to a large extent, I think it'll reduce a lot of problems. On a similar note, and I know we just go from one subject to the other. That's the beauty of this podcast. I've been watching the, the USFL and they use the same technology in tennis to do first downs. So there's no yard markers. There's no three 80-year-old men slowly <laughs> trotting to the field. Hey, that's my retirement job, man. And Don't stretching out the chain. They basically measure like a tennis ball. And they instantly know if it's, you know, they've got a little uh, device on each end of the football where there's a first down. And I'm just amazed how much that, you know, speeds the game up. I mean, you run, they check it, first down, move. There's no stretching the chains. Where's the no drama, bring out the though? Where's the Doesn't drama? bring out the little card, the little playing card. That was Jerry Marquette. Yes, I believe it was the official that brought out the playing card. <laughs> uh, it speeds the game up. I mean, it just makes it so much faster. And you sit there and you go, why haven't we been doing this all along? Why do we have this archaic 1940s? trotting this chain out in uh, again and they also have something that measures when the ball goes over the, the goal line now that has to be joined also with the idea of the runner is down but if you're in a crowd and they're able to advance it they're able to tell whether it crossed the goal All line. right so That's a technology i didn't like with the usl the drones i can't stand the buzz oh, of the drones you, oh my I love god the shots though don't you like the shots I do, Which do shots, you like but take out the, helmet, the buzz. The helmet cams and the referee cams or the, the, the yeah. But I, like I think I they found a way to make it better, but there was like the first game I was watching it, it just felt like a buzz. All these bees were swarming me for a whole quarter, and all of a sudden, I, the next quarter, they were gone. So I think USFL is really trying hard. But doesn't the fans, shouldn't you have fans in the stands? I mean, I feel like they're piping in the sound. It feels like the players oh, are just boxes. walking boxes. through the motions. I don't think they're going through the motions. Too many guys are getting injured for that. You you can't go through the motions in the football field or you're going to be injured. I mean, I've seen some major injuries. These are guys that, you know, they got the one quarterback for uh, New Orleans has been to 22 camps. <laughs> uh, these are guys' last shot. I mean, that's, that's the difference I've seen with this as opposed to AAF and the XFL. I don't see that many old player retreads, guys who are 35 years old that are trying to come back or in their 30s. These are all relatively young guys. And I do enjoy listening to the quarter when, when the announcers fade back and you can hear the information between the quarterback and the, the coach on the sidelines. 
We haven't had to beat too much, so that's that's pretty good. And uh, there's a there's my my one final thing is part of this, so we'll we'll, we'll get to that at the end. But uh, it's it's uh, it's interest. It's something else to watch, and I love football. And you got we got baseball, and we've got the hockey's winding down, and NBA playoffs. It's just no shortage of sports every night. And with baseball, baseball is in a situation kind of like college basketball is in November. It, you acknowledge it's on, and uh, but you're not putting that much interest in because you want to see hockey and basketball finish up. Well, that's that's it why you me. need yep. multiple TVs because baseball you can sort of half picture watch picture. it or picture, picture and picture. picture, yeah. Or and in your phone, my wife has actually caught me. <laughs> picture in picture and watching the third game on my phone. What's wrong with that? I know. I acknowledge my shame. I really no, there's no shame. shame. No, pass the guilt. No problem with that. And furiously checking to see if all the Carolina players are coming back to the basketball team. Yeah. They, so they are. When is Good. the time where you have shamelessly took a peek at a sports score when you weren't supposed to, like at a funeral or at church or at work? <laughs> Not a funeral. I have too much respect for the, the grieving process. I did but today I did, during I, a Teams meeting, like oh, a video meeting. I looked at my... Uh-huh. Oh, it. yeah, that's that's work. That's okay. That's <laughs> why you never, when you're in a Teams meeting or any type of conference video call, you, you, you see this excuse that if you put your live picture on, it draws more of the internet. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, my internet is not good. I can't do a live feed. Yes, right. yes. So you, you put... Like you just your name, and you can multi-purpose and watch the game on your phone while it's gone. Make sure the volume's down. Make sure your mic's off. Yeah, yeah. This is a little hint. Those who are working, we should have done this during during March Madness. I forgot my camera was on during a meeting, and this one person wasn't coming through and got something totally wrong. I didn't even realize that I was shaking my head back and forth, like no, 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 no. And then the guy leading the meeting said, hey, Paul, do you have an opinion on this? And I was so busted. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's not exactly where we wanted to go with this. And later I sent him an email. And he says, okay, that's fine. But next time you start waving your hands and doing more than that, we'll have to turn off your camera, buddy. So, Well, see, I don't, I don't do it because people are so judgmental. I mean, you can put one of those fake backgrounds. Yeah. Like someone I do it a lot with has the, the, the uh, background from uh, Ron Swanson's office. Oh, nice. And and she loves the show. And, like, I'm not going to do that or fish. Time. I just don't put anything up. I don't want people judging my room either. What is that? I did one. I taught a class in my man cave. And everyone was mystified by the electric guitar and the ukulele I had hanging on the wall. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't do that. But, by the way, you can multipurpose. Just tell them your, your internet signal is weak and you want to not be disconnected then you can watch ball games or do a wordle or whatever strikes your fancy at that time yes well back to sports again this is part of the confusion we're embracing our title fully tonight we're just going all over the the place are Uh, you surprised verlander how successful he's been coming back not at all he always has been a hard worker and when he had that abdominal uh, muscle tear that he had to have surgically repaired, that would have that was incredibly hard to come back. And he came back as good, or maybe even a little better, because he was in such great shape. He is one of the most focused, determined guys, and sometimes that's made him a jerk in the clubhouse because he'll get in people's face and like, "You got to play better." And um, some of the veterans didn't like that when he first came up. But I'm glad for him. He he seems to got a. A good life, and his wife's yeah, his wife's okay, you know. Oh yeah, no need to retire and go home to her. No, why would you do that? No, no. Well, stay, Tom Brady. Stay. What does Tom Brady think? Tom Brady's like, yeah, you know, so what? Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I you know, we talked about it a couple weeks back. I still think that was a. I, I never thought he had the intention to retire. I, I'm not surprised that he came back. I really not. I think he needed a lot of that cow towering and people saying how great he was. He just wanted to remind them. And I think also he saw how weak the NFC is. Mm. But, I mean, it, it's... 
Well, let's talk about that wide receiver running back in 49ers have, Samuel. He's trying to pull an NBA trick, like force his way out of a place and go where he wants to go. Uh, Will this work? Well, first of all, this is the worst time to do it before the draft. Because teams are looking at, and if they can get comparable talent, you're not going to get as good as Debo Samuel, but if you can get a rookie on a rookie contract, I mean, so much of football is determining because they have a hard cap. You've got to shift things around. I mean, you know, pay Peter to pay ball. It's kind of like having more bills than you've got money in the check bank. And right now it's a hard time because teams are looking at it and they're thinking, well, if I can get a pretty decent wide receiver in the third round at like 116th, what I have to pay Debo Samuel and get half his production, why should I do that? So do you have waited a month then? Yeah. Well, I think after the draft, if he's still serious. But, you know, he really has nothing other than holding out. And that kind of hurts himself. We've never seen that being very successful in the NFL. Mm. I think that's the same reason we haven't seen Garoppolo, even though he has an injured shoulder, and Baker Mayfield traded yet. His teams are waiting to see. This is probably one of the most unsettled drafts I've ever seen. I mean, no one knows who the first round's going to first pick is by the Jaguars. Oh, yes, they do now. They well, lost, supposedly, but, allegedly, the guy from Georgia. Yeah, Las Vegas came out and said that was the deal, and they don't like to lose money, and you can bet on that stuff. Well, who the Lions going to take? Because I've heard everybody from the cornerback from Cincinnati to uh, the, the quarterback from Liberty to uh, one of the great. I mean, there's like three great offensive linemen from uh, NC State and Alabama, and uh, I'm trying to think where the third guy's from. And so, there's some well, great offensive linemen. Because Hutchinson, the defensive tackle from Michigan, everybody thought he was going to go number one, and just recently he dropped a little bit um, because they said his arm span is not quite as big. I don't know if that's – I think it's the Joey um, – what's his last name? San Diego. Joey Gallo? What's his name? Him and his brother. Oh, 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 oh. Boza. Uh, Joey Boza. Yeah. It's a Boza. Joey Boza fear. Like, you get this really – did he peak in college and then he gets hurt in the pros. Um, so I don't think – in a way, this Hutchinson has also said that he really wasn't a big Lions fan growing up. And when he was asked about it yesterday, he goes, I just want to go a place where it fits and I can do well in the system. That sounded like he wants to stay away from the Lions. I think Lions are going to try to trade away their number two pick get a couple more and let somebody else move up to get who they want. I don't think they're going to get that quarterback from Liberty unless he's way down in the second round or so. See, I don't think him and Pickett are, well, Pickett is the more finished product, but I've seen him enough play that I don't, he's being compared to the kid at New England and he's not that player. He's not that big, that strong. No, no. I I mean, uh, I, neither one of those, and you throw Sam Howe from Carolina in there, who probably is going to go to the second or third round. None of those three quarterbacks are, are going to put you in the playoffs. No. Unless, unless you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a possibility. I don't think it's year to overreach on quarterback. Everybody wants wide receivers, which makes it really interesting. I think wide receivers would go higher than you usually do just because the demand is greater. But I think the market's wide open. I think there's there's depth in the wide receiver. And Thibodeau from Oregon is the other defensive end. But there are times where he just shut it down. I mean, he wasn't you – know, Hutchinson was like all out all the time. And Thibodeau wasn't that much. But with defensive ends, I know that they make, they make as much deal about the arm length for defensive ends as they do the hand grip space for quarterbacks. And there have been examples of guys who have overridden that. I mean, speed's more important at a defensive end position than, than your arm length. So you're Carolina Panthers. Who do you think they should take in their draft pick? Uh, most likely it's the offensive tackle from, from Mississippi. Uh, I, I like him. I think the offensive line has to be strengthened in that respect. I think they're going to panic and, and pick Pickett, unfortunately. And I don't think Pickett's a first-round quarterback. Uh, he has a small hand size. He's not 
that big. He's fairly mobile. But I don't see him upgrade over what you have right now. I really don't. And uh, Darnold, again, I think, played behind a, a very bad offensive line, and I think he made some decisional problems. But you got a new op- offensive coordinator coming in. Uh, this is not going to be a playoff year. I mean, you need to build. The, the difference with playoff teams and non-playoff teams is depth. Because pretty much the starting 22, the differentiation between the, the Panthers and Lions and Jaguars and playoff teams is relatively small. But because when you have injuries during the entire season, that's, that's when you, you, you start seeing the, the difference. And that's why they can't replace those guys. That's when they lose. By the way, a little information about the NFL. This year, there will be three games on Christmas Day. NBA and NFL are going head to head on Christmas Day, and you know who's going to win that. Oh, NFL of course, all day. Even if it's a Jaguars Lions game or a Panthers Texans game, people <laughs> people would watch. Oh yeah, they're going to be so happy that they open the presents and they can watch a game. And you you know it's going to be a Packers home game where you can see the snow, Christmas, and. The ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future sitting in the stands together. <laughs> or it's, you could have gonna... Brady, the, the Brady of the past, present, and future. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could, uh, they don't play New England again this year because that's not the division they match up with. But I believe they would be playing. I mean, a Dallas, New England, I mean, Dallas, Tampa Bay Christmas game. Would be the tops. That would be the one they'd be looking for. No or Christmas you know, game over in England, jolly old England for. No, no, they're doing a game in Mexico, one game in Germany, and five games in uh, jolly old England. Mm. Because the owner of the Rams doesn't he own Tottenham? David would know this. Yeah, Hotspur. Yeah. I think yeah. he owns Tottenham, and the. Uh, the Buccaneers, the family, the Glazer family, they own another one of the teams. And I think the Red Sox owner owns Arsenal. I think it's, Chelsea. It's, I think they own Chelsea. Chelsea. They own Chelsea. Okay, it's Chelsea. It's like, like I said, uh, that all the teams that used to be owned by Russian groups, are, you can get them dirt cheap. I think, uh, aren't the, 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 I forgot the family that owns the Cubs are trying to get, uh, by, um, Maybe it's Chelsea. I don't know. But you're right. My son would know, but he would know all these inner groups and that respect. Yeah. yeah, we got soccer going on. You you wounding up to a very tight ending of uh, the Premier League. Yeah, Liverpool and Man City are really battling out, and good competition and really tight games. And um, yeah, it's a nice story right now where two managers really respect each other, and the and the teams got done. They with the last game they played, they you know they shook hands. They really you know you can just see a lot of respect, which is cool. And um, I'm a big Pep Guardiola fan. I just yeah. I just he's an innovator. Um, the tiki tac system that he started with in Barcelona. I just it's it's beautiful soccer, very similar to what San Antonio Spurs did in their heyday. You just like it because he's got an old man on the side telling him what to do. Because he's got well, this old assistant coach that are whispering in his ear. Yeah, but I mean, he's been successful everywhere. And, and there's a great uh, uh, inside uh, series on Amazon, not to plug something. But if you get an opportunity to watch uh, it, it, a season with, with uh, uh, Man City, it's very interesting. Amazon's done some great documentaries this season with things. They did the Cowboys, the Rams. The Panthers and the Eagles, which is very good. They did uh, the All Blacks, which is the rugby team for New Zealand. And they've done F1 teams also. They're, they're fascinating. It's good binging on a, on a Sunday afternoon, but you can't do that now because i got football, basketball, baseball, and soccer to watch. <laughs> All right, so soccer fans are known for being out of line usually. But let's talk about those Yankee fans this week. <laughs> Uh, yeah, were they totally of out of line? Was yeah, Guardians just oversensitive? Yeah. Were you surprised Judge went out there to try to calm them down? You can't throw things on the field, okay? There, you, as a fan, you have the right to boo, to make sarcastic remarks, as long as you don't 
use language that cannot be used in mixed company or around children, you have that right. But you don't have to write the first stuff on the field. That's basically it. And there's an easy way to solve this. There's cameras everywhere. Those who threw stuff, you are barred from Yankee Stadium for the rest of your life. And not like that's going to hurt the Yankees because someone else will sit in those seats. But you got to be, you got to be steadfast. It's like you remember the guy who went after Russell Westbrook in Utah mm-hmm. and dropped the word on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, banned from Utah for life. They moved pretty quickly. I mean, fans who do those types of things. Again, there's a lot of leeway, and I know this has been an issue even before this. Uh, in the NBA, uh, there was issues about fans being disrespectful. And again, as long as you're using language that you can use around children and females, uh, I have no problem with it. But you can't throw and you can't step on the court. Well, everybody loves Barkley now, but do you remember when he spit on somebody? Oh, yeah. And he accidentally missed because the guy he was spitting at moved and he hit a little girl. Yeah, not good. Yeah, he couldn't. Barkley couldn't be Barkley these days. Remember, he actually picked the guy up and threw him out of a bar window also. Uh, I mean, that's, it's terrible. I mean, after the malice on the palace. <laughs> did you have to say terrible? It was terrible, horrible, Barkley. Horrible. Did that. I horrible. mean, after the malice of the palace, things change. Because if you go to the NBA games as much as I do, they do the announcement. They do it at the beginning of the first quarter. They do it the second quarter. They do it every break. And they pretty much tell you, if you say disrespectful things, you throw things on the court, you will be banned for life. And that's because you had players in the, on the stands beating on fans. You had fans come on the court and threaten players. I mean, that, that could have been a little worse. And if you have a real tragedy, the league may not recover from it. So I think the rules are pretty set, you know, as long as you're not being disrespectful, you know, if, if I believe who was, there was one player that had uh, lost a child and someone started making fun about that. Oh, I mean, wow. it's, I mean, the worst, the worst has ever been when Steve Kerr was playing, uh, uh, for Arizona in college and they were going against Arizona state, which is his big rival. Uh, and, and the backstory is Steve Kerr's father was a, adjutant professor and head of the American University in Beirut and was killed by terrorists. And when he'd line up for free throws, the, the fans started chanting, Beirut, Beirut. I mean, you know, that's, that's when, you know, that's, remember uh, in Cincinnati when uh, 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 Sam Weish got after the fans and, and Bengals and yeah. said, we're not going to have this. Right. We're not Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's the, I mean, Dean used to, when the players started, uh, when fans used to sway and try to obscure the other, the opposing players from shooting free throws, he would get on the microphone and say, we don't do this. This is the spirit of competition. But like I said, we've got cameras on everything these days. Boom, you're gone. You can't come back. Whatever you happened, want to throw stuff, throw in your house. What happened to Ron Artest? He was the one who went up in the malice in the palace. And met a palace. Met a, met a piece. Remember, changed his name to Met a Peace. Oh, that's right. He did a series on Showtime. He went back to the Lakers for a while. Actually, was on their last championship team. Because he hit a big three-pointer the last, with Kobe the last championship. But he's done quite a little programming about uh, he's bipolar. And the issues he's had as bipolar. And it actually has been very active in the community afterwards. I mean, you think of it, uh, the basic numbers are, what is it, one of every six people in America suffer from some debilitating mental health issue. And you look at the pros, they're not exempt from those pressures. I mean, Ben Simmons, Dennis Robin, Ben Simmons is going through something I feel bad for him, but I just don't think he's going to play again. And, uh, I mean, that, that's, there's a terrible line with mental health issues in that if a guy has a busted knee, uh, we give him the expected recovery time. Or if he, he breaks a bone, 
But with mental health issues, there's no guideline for recovery. Some guys never recover. There was a third baseman for the Indians, Max Alvis, who went in severe depression and attempted to kill himself and went through therapy. Now, this was the 60s when mental health was considered voodoo. And he never could return. Mm. Uh, Steve Blass was a pitcher for the uh, Pirates, took him to the World Series in, in 1979, and then mentally could not throw the ball in a strike zone anymore. He just, he just lost it and walked away. So again, I think it's an issue that we're afraid to talk about. It's an issue that we're all painfully ignorant about. And we try to equate it with physical injuries, and you just can't do that. Some guys just never, never, ever recover to the point where they can play. Lamar Odom is another case. Mm. Well, you know, Odom, Odom tried to kill himself by substance abuse. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of pressure on those guys. And this, you know, even though it looks sometimes like COVID is decreasing, um, they've been talking on the news around here lately, like the cumulative effect and people's memories not being as clear and, it's going to take a while for us to, you know, have a new normal and, and be stronger. Um, but I want to talk about something we both enjoy and transition a little bit. And that's just plain old entertainment, you know. Um, and sometimes the internet gives and sometimes it takes away. But um, I have a good last story today that just made me laugh. And we're recording this on a Monday. But what are you watching? I know you're watching a ton of sports. Are you watching anything else besides sports right now? Waiting for the end of Moon Knight, uh, waiting for the end of Picard. This is the second season. And I enjoy this because it has Q. And Q has always been the nemesis. He's a demigod. If you're not familiar with Star Trek Next Generation, uh, John DeLancey, who was a big soap opera star, plays him. And he just, it is the role. No one else could play that role. And he's a big part of this. And they, they time travel, which is what Star Trek does. They go back to two years past this date. It's, it's 2024. And it's, it's like I said, I enjoyed it. You know, we talked about it last week. Anytime Patrick Stewart's on that. Uh, I watched Batman again. It came on HBO Max. And it just gets better and better every time I watch it. The Batman, so to speak. Uh, and uh, uh, Ghostbusters, The Afterlife finally came out, and I watched it on DVD, and I watched uh, the Venom movie, Let There Be Carnage, is out streaming now. So catching up on a lot of stuff I liked before. Uh, so who's and, more likable, Paul Rudd or, or Woody Harrelson? Well, Woody plays some very wicked characters when you think about it. Uh, what's the, uh, the Tarantino movie he does? Natural Born Killers. He, he can do evil very well. Uh, Paul Rudd, I've only seen play evil a couple times. And it's, it's kind of hard to believe in that respect. Woody's just Woody. I mean, he, he doesn't change his voice. He doesn't change his, his Indiana accent. But he can still lose himself in the role. I mean, he was Larry Flynn in the Larry Flynn movie. Uh, he just, again... Anything and everything he can do. I mean, he's very so versatile, I think, in that respect. Uh, Rudd is likable, too, but Rudd has that nice guy persona. It's just the fact that he, he's 50 now, so when you see him in Ghostbusters uh, trying to romance a 30-year-old woman, you kind of go, <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, but he was just, voted the most sexiest man in, in America by People Magazine. We, we missed out again, didn't we? Both yes, of us, darn. in that respect. Every yeah. year. I'm I'm waiting for that call from People Magazine. That was, <laughs> but uh, getting ready for Doctor Strange, uh, that's coming up. Uh, uh, let me see. Liam Neeson has a new movie where he has revenge for everybody, but except this one, he has dementia. Oh wow! Not uh, surprising. I really want to see the Nick Cage movie. I, I'm trying all types of ways seeing the Nick Cage movie. Mm-hmm. The uh, unbearable. Uh, the unbearable weight of talent. Yeah. It just, it just looks perfect. And it looks and, like that Morbius is a dud. Oh yeah. I mean, that's coming down. I mean, you get a chance to see it. It came and gone so much, but the Nick Cage movie has the guy who plays the Mandalorian is in it also, who will doing an HBO series based on the video game, last of us. Mm. 
he's getting all over the place, so to speak. And he got his start, of course, with Narcos and uh, uh, the the oh the Dragon series on HBO. I'm blanking Game on of Game, Game of Thrones. That's how he got his start in that respect. Uh, it's interesting. Oscar Isaac, I did not realize, was uh, Dominican. He's from not Dominican. He's uh, he's from Honduras. But but plays roles, so to speak, uh, that are Americanized in that respect. Right. Women love him. Oscar uh, Isaac. You said that now. last time too. I think your wife just loves him. That's what I think. No, she's still. Uh, I'm trying to think who she likes. Uh, who's the old guy? Uh, does westerns? Um, uh, he's in uh, Big Lebowski. Sam Elliott. Oh yeah. She loves Sam. It's the voice. It's the boys. All right, I'm going to ask you a question uh, from Boys of Summer podcast yesterday, and then you can do your final couple minutes. Ready? Okay. Who is the better movie baseball catcher? The better famous movie on baseball, and he played the catcher. Was it Tom Berenger in Major League or Kevin Costner in Bull Durham? Uh <sighs> Cosner. I can tell you who the worst is. Who's the worst? Uh, it's Cross, actually. It's, it's two guys. It's John Candy in Brewster's Million <laughs> with Richard Pryor yeah. and John C. Riley in another Cosner film. The one where it's Detroit Pister. What is that? For the love, the love of, the, of game. the game. Yeah. Riley is just, I mean, I love John C. Riley. I really do. He's doing a great job with the Laker miniseries. I mean, he's he's a singer. He's a comedian, he's just a dramatic actor, but he does the worst catcher. Next time you see For the Love of the Game, and ladies is not to see the nude scene with Cosner, uh, focus on, uh, again, the uh, bad catching by John C. Riley and the wonderful acting by one of the, the late Kelly Preston, who was a yeah. lovely lady. Yeah, she was. Ready for my final minute? Yeah, your final minute. Okay. It's a USFL moment. Okay. They, they did this little series, backstories before the games, and it was a fascinating uh, about uh, Mike Riley. Mike Riley used to, he's the all-time winningest coach at, at uh, Oregon, uh, Oregon State, State. Yeah. was at Nebraska, was with the then San Diego Chargers, and now he's coaching in, in the USFL. And his wife suffers from dementia. So when they got the team together for the first team meeting, he explained the situation. He said, she's going to see, she's going to be around me all the time because that then tends to bring stability. You know, I've, I've tried to hire people to sit with her, but she just feels the need to be near me. And he said, listen, all I asked is she's going to come up to you and sometimes she's going to know you. And sometimes she's not, if she doesn't, just introduce yourself. So he's integrated her. And I don't know, Anna, the USFL is, is playing by the seat of their pants. But I don't know a lot of businesses which would allow uh, a major corporate officer to be able to integrate their wife's health issue into the day-to-day work. And from what they showed, it's, it's working out for They interviewed some of the players. And, of course, I know this is a package piece, so they're going to show the best thing. I mean, I'm enough of a cynic to understand that. But it seemed like the ones I talked to all had had someone in their own family that had suffered from either dementia uh, dementia or, or Parkinson's disease or some form of cognitive disorder. And they were all understanding, and, and the patience that they show with her on the sidelines was makes you realize that with, with all the bad we need to see, and, and I don't have to tell you what it is, just flip on a TV set, with the racial divisions, with the political divisions, with the social divisions, with the economic divisions that we all deal with, it's, it's good to see the better nature of people. And it, it's heartwarming to a large extent. And I thought it was a, a sweet little story, uh, but it just made my heart feel well. And I know, Paul, you work with a lot of people with, with cognitive disorders, and everybody, I think, in some way has been impacted within their own family. If you haven't, catch yourself lucky, but don't think you're, you're exempt from it happening sometime in the future. Nice. 
Nice. Well, we go from the highest of high and nice stories to the lowest of low. My story comes from the AP Press today. A woman fell headfirst into a vault toilet in a national park outhouse last week when she tried to retrieve her cell phone. She was rescued by local firefighters. The woman who was at the top of Mount Walker in Olympic National Forest, northwest of Seattle, was using her phone when it fell into the toilet on Tuesday. She disassembled the toilet seat and eventually used dog leashes to tire herself off as she reached for the phone. The leashes failed and she fell head first. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> she tried to get out for 10 to 15 minutes before using her phone to call 911. So it still worked. There's a commercial <laughs> Firefighters for you right there. Passed the woman blocks to stand on so she could reach the harness that was used to pull her out. She was uninjured, but was strongly encouraged to seek medical attention after being exposed to human waste but she only wanted to leave according to the fire department. And he says, and I'm doing this for 40 years. That was a first. And I'm saying, no, it was probably a a number two job for her. Well, you know, (laughs) she probably has to take it in for service because all she gets is crap calls. (laughs) Uh, I shared it with my family on text. And then my son says, I can't think of the details. I said, don't worry. It was a soft landing. Anyway, oh, there you have it, folks. The highest of highs, the lowest of lows. It How much d- people would value? That's the, uh, yeah. What item do you value most in your life? Yes. And a lot yes. of people would say the phone. I yeah. Mean, that's just. Then I thought later. Went, he, went back, he went back in the past. You asked people in the 90s, they'd think you're crazy. I thought later, what about those dog leashes? Were there her dog, wild dogs running around because she had dog leashes in her pocket? Anyway. Folks, that's it for Part of the Confusion. We've done tons of confusion. We're over time. For Ernst Watts, this is Paul Arnold. Have a good night. Music.